the unofficial Bengals podcast. Welcome to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. This episode is going to be entirely dedicated to reviewing the Bengals-Giants game. The unofficial Bengals podcast is brought to you by the Zedia Network. Week 12 Game Review New York Giants, 19 Cincinnati Bengals, 17 Alright, another fun game to watch. Close game, we almost won it. You know, I'm kind of conflicted at this point because I want to win because I love watching these games. There's nothing like a Bengals win. You never want your team to lose. But then when we came out on the losing end, I was like, wow, you know, we're a step closer to getting Panay Sewell. So, I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird time when your team is out of it, still with a bunch of games to go. You don't really know how to lean. So I'm just going to watch the games, have some fun, hope for some wins, and if we lose, we still win. Because if we get this generational tackle, add him into the mix with Burrow, Higgins, Boyd, Mixon, the whole crew, we could be in for some really good times as an organization. All right, so let's move on to some headlines for the week. Joe Burrow is going to be getting surgery this week. I thought they were going to wait a little longer for the swelling to go down, but, you know, they know better than me. So I'm glad that he's getting the surgery. It'll give him more time to heal. And he's getting the surgery from the Rams team doctor. Same guy who worked on Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Chris Sale, the baseball player, even Andrew Whitworth recently. And they say that he's very conscientious and very caring and gets really invested in his patients. So that's a great guy to be working on Burrow, especially with that track record. You know, we'll have this guy fix Burrow up, Joe will do all the rehab, and next year we're going to be right back in the mix again. We signed Kevin Hogan, who's a quarterback. He hasn't played in a few years. He used to quarterback for the Browns. He's got four TDs, seven interceptions lifetime. You know, I actually saw him more like a Taysom Hill when he was in there. It seemed like, you know, he would, he would go back in the Wildcat, grab the ball, and just take off. I didn't really see him as much of a passer. But he does have some NFL experience, and you can never have enough experienced quarterbacks on your roster. On the injury front, Alex Redmond has the concussion. Again, I'd like to see him sit out for a couple weeks to make sure he's totally back to normal before he comes back. We'll see how that goes. And Brandon Allen has a mallet finger. I'm not really sure what it is. I'm not really going to look it up because I don't know how horrific it's going to look. But apparently he's okay, and it's on his left hand, so he's still able to play. All right, let's move on to some of the game flow and coaching. I think Coach Taylor called a really good offensive game. He was mixing it up. He wasn't putting Brandon Allen in harm's way. It was a good run-pass ratio, a good mix there. So I think overall it was a well-called game offensively. A couple things that came up in this game that have been recurring themes are we let up that field goal right before halftime. And I always say, you know, you can't let up points right before the half. And we've kind of had a history of doing that. So when you think about it, they had a field goal at the end of the half, and then at the end of the game, they had won by two points. So that was kind of the difference in the game, that you know seemingly meaningless field goal at the time, but it always comes back to bite you when you let up points at the half. And then I'm always conscious of that first drive of the third quarter, especially when you're getting the ball. It shows that you made some halftime adjustments. It's a chance to get momentum. You know, if you score at the end of the half and then get the ball at the third quarter, you can almost double score, make up for a deficit, or get a bigger lead. It's that kind of thing. So on that first drive of the third quarter, it was actually like the Gio Bernard drive. I guess they saw something in the tendencies of the defense and they wanted to exploit it. But the drive didn't go as, as well as we wanted it to. He had a one-yard run, then he had a six-yard run, and then he was open in the flat and Gio dropped the ball. So, you know, he doesn't have many drops. I'm not going to hold it against him. But that was that first drive of the third quarter. We went three and out. 
and that kind of sets the tone for the second half. So it's a little hard to dig yourself out of those holes of letting points up before the half and coming out in the third quarter and having a three and out. And then the last thing, I've always been a fan of when you're down by two scores at the end, you know, teams will go crazy and run out the whole clock just to score that touchdown and then make the field goal the secondary thing. But I almost feel like once you get inside the 30, kick the field goal. You're going to need both anyway. You might as well preserve the two minutes of clock that you have. It'll give you a little more time to score if you get the ball back. You know, if you exhaust the clock for that touchdown and then you have a minute or under left, there's not a lot of time to make things happen. Okay, so on to the offense. Brandon Allen is a very likable guy. He's hard-nosed. I I liked his press conference. He came across as intelligent, and you can see that he cares about the team and winning. So, you know, he's someone that I'm going to continue to root for. In the game, he had decent accuracy. He has that 4.8 speed. He was running okay. I'm sure he's going to get some first downs and, you know, help us out in the future with his legs. He moved the ball pretty well in the game, especially in the fourth quarter when it counts the most. You know, you always want to see a quarterback be able to march his way down the field at the end and give you a chance to win the ball game. And I think we have more of a chance with that than with Ryan Finley at the helm. So I think they made the right choice, and we'll see what these next five games bring with Brandon Allen. As far as negatives, he was thrown into traffic a lot. You know, that shows confidence in your arm. Hey, I'm just going to zip it in there. But there was a few throws that actually got batted up in the air that could have been interceptions and you know, a lot of contested balls, so you want to watch out for that in the future because it can come back to bite you if you have a bunch of turnovers. And there were occasions where he held the ball too long, and that's just the inexperience and wanting to make a play. You know, you can't fault him for wanting to do good. It's just, you know, you have to have the sense to throw it out of bounds or just take the quick one- or two-yard run rather than holding the ball for a sack or possibly a strip sack. He underthrew AJ on that one deep ball. If he would have let him, would have had the touchdown on that play. But again, the timing's not there yet. You could see the timing was off with a lot of the receivers this game, but that'll come in time. I'm not worried about that. And he, you know, he almost hit that long pass. At least he had the arm to get it out there. On to the wide receivers. Higgins had another good game. You know, I feel bad for the receivers because, you know, Boyd and Higgins, they're putting up such good numbers this year with Burrow. And now that Burrow's out, you can see their numbers are going to trail off a little bit. And, you know, it's really about wins and losses. It's not about individual stats. But I would have liked to have seen those guys have good statistical years. And I know amongst their peers, you know, that's something to be proud of. So, you know, I get the frustration there. But in all fairness, none of the receivers showed any frustration. So I like that. You know, they were working with Brandon Allen. They weren't getting impatient. They were doing their job. You know, we have a great receiving core, and and it didn't change any with Burrow out. I'd like to see them create a little more separation. You know, we have a lot of those contested catches. I mean, Boyd gets great separation. You know, Higgins most of the time. You know, the other guys are struggling a little bit with it. So every, every pass becomes a little bit of a fight. It makes things a little harder for them. makes things a little harder for the quarterback. Gio Bernard ran hard, blocked hard, caught the ball well, you know, played another good game. He's doing outstanding in place of Joe Mixon, and I'd like to see them just keep Mixon out for the rest of the year. Let's protect him, rest him up. We're going to have a lot more bigger games to play next year and in the future, and I want to see him healthy for those games. Travion Williams showed that he's really good receiving out of the backfield. You know, I wasn't analyzing his blocking, so I don't know that level of his play, but I'd like to see him get the ball more in the passing game because he was very effective in open space. Drew Sample had a good game receiving the ball. You know, I know he had the fumble at the end, but he did catch a bunch of passes, got himself open, showed good hands. You know, the fumble's going to happen. I don't want to see him get down over that and have it affect his play in the future because he was having a really good game up until that point. And then onto the offensive line. This Quinton Spain is just really solid and versatile. He played left guard, right guard, right tackle. Wherever you ask him to go, he's just going and performing. 
and just a solid addition to the team. I hope they keep him around for the long haul. I'm just surprised Buffalo let him go. I know it was salary-related, and I believe they had a second-round pick that they wanted to get into the starting lineup, but you don't let good offensive linemen go. Even, you know, you could afford a salary. It was under the cap this year. There was no reason to waive him at this point, but we'll take it. You know, I'm glad that we found him because he's turning into one of our best offensive linemen. Jonah had a rough game. You know, he missed a blitzer early that nailed Brandon Allen. He had a holding call at a key time. The strip sack at the end of the game. You know, he's he's playing pretty good this year. So one bad game isn't going to be the definition of what he is as a player. And then when Redmond went out, they put in Michael Jordan. Now, I would have probably kept Jordan on the bench for a little bit longer, just based on what happened with Burrow and the fact that he's been struggling recently. You know, I, I'm not holding a grudge against him. It's hard to get by it, I'll be honest with you. You know, but he is a Bengal. He's he's a young player. He plays hard. But I would have put in Billy Price at that point. You know, Billy Price is a team guy. He played very well in his last outing. And you don't want to totally demoralize him either. You know, if, if Price is like, man, what am I, your ninth best offensive lineman? Like, what's it going to take for me to get into a game? I think that's a demotivator for a player's psyche. So I think it would have been wise to put in Price. You know, just a little bit of a change of pace. Jordan did struggle. Let's see what Price can do in there. But, you know, they didn't do that. I don't know the future of Billy Price in Cincinnati based on that decision there. But I do like him. He's a very intelligent guy, and I guess we'll see what happens there in the future. The defense played well. We let up that one touchdown early, but they contained Jones and all of his runs. He, he wasn't a factor with his legs in this game, so that was good. You know, it helped that Colt McCoy came in because he was a lot easier to shut down than Jones. But still, the defense played well. You know, you give up 19 points, you expect to win the game. They got the ball back for that last drive. You know, they stopped him. We got the punt. Erickson returned the punt. We had a chance to come back and win at the end. So that's a defense doing their job. Mackenzie Alexander continues to play lights out. The deflected passes, the tackling. He was getting into it a little bit with the players. I saw that happen a previous game with him, and I always fault the other player thinking that they're messing with him. But it seemed like Mackenzie was the aggressor this game. But, you know, he's playing hard. Jesse Bates continues to be solid, just all over the field, making tackles, always in the right spot. So the Pro Bowl is going to be knocking on his door this year and hopefully for years to come. Von Bell was very active, had a bunch of tackles, excellent in the run game as usual. He had that forced fumble on Engram, which was a huge play at the time. You know, he did let up the big pass to Engram. You know, we're kind of having problems covering faster tight ends, like I guess any team in the league, because they're too fast for your linebackers, and Bell isn't really that kind of coverage guy, so it leaves a little bit of vulnerability. I think they had Brandon Wilson covering him a little bit later in the game, so we might try to think of some schemes when we're playing those fast tight ends to help reduce the damage that they caused. You know, Ingram had like 130 yards and a touchdown, so you know it's a pretty killer game out of a tight end. And speaking of the linebackers, Logan Wilson continues to play fast. He's going to be a good one for us. You know, I'd like to see him bulk up a little bit, get a little bit stronger, but he is a young guy, and that'll come with time. I think they got a good one there in the third round. And Bynes and Pratt, they they played a really good game too. You know, they struggled a little bit last week, but they were right on target this week. You know, playing well, making the tackles, decent in coverage. They were in the wrong gap on the first touchdown at the goal line, but, you know, that happens. And then in the defensive backfield, Jackson and Sims, Lou Anarumo switched those guys around. Like, I saw Jackson on the right and Sims on the left. At first, I thought that Jackson was going to follow or shadow Slayton, but that wasn't the case. I think it might have just been a wrinkle by Anarumo saying, well, you guys are probably going to go at Sims, so we're going to put him where you don't think he's going to be. You know, clever move. It, It worked. Those guys played pretty well. The wide receivers for the Giants definitely didn't do much damage on us this game. 
Will Jack almost got beat on the one deep ball to Slayton. Slayton dropped it. But, you know, he didn't catch it, so all's forgotten about that. Aside from that, I thought he played a really solid game. And Hubbard came out with a good game, both mentally and physically. You know, he stayed home on that one Daniel Jones run where they highlighted it on TV. Rather than, like, go bite and try to tackle the running back, he stayed in his lane, and he shut down what could have been a big run by Daniel Jones. You know, he's a good player. He's going to be around for a while, and this was a very good game for him. Lawson was quiet. I thought he was going to have a big day against Andrew Thomas, but, you know, you never you never know the matchup situations. Maybe some guy is just more apt to do well against some players than others, and, you know, that's kind of what happened here. He, you know, he was quiet. He did run down uh, Colt McCoy at the end, which helped them punt and us get the ball back, so that was a big play. But I was expecting him to get a sack or two this game. That didn't happen, but he's been playing pretty well, and I'm sure next week he'll be bouncing back from this. And Amani Bledsoe made a couple plays, too. He had the one batted ball. He had another big tackle. It's nice to have a guy like that in the rotation. I mean, we didn't even know his name at the beginning of the year. And here he is giving us some productive snaps. The negatives as far as defense are the running backs were falling forward for too many yards. I just, I hate when you have a guy bottled up for one yard and all of a sudden he falls forward or moves forward and they get four or five yards and now it's second and short, like that whole kind of thing. We've had a little bit of an issue with that this year and historically, But, you know, that's something to think about for the rest of this year and to fix for next year. And we let up three fourth down conversions. Usually we're the team getting them. We're at like a record pace this year for fourth down conversions. But we did give up three to the Giants. And I noticed a trend in the NFL. More teams are going for it on fourth down. I guess it's some analytics. And that makes sense in a game like this, why they would go for it from the one yard line on fourth down. Because we have a quarterback who hasn't played it all this year. So you're saying, hey, we have a chance to score here. Let's get the touchdown. If we don't get the touchdown, this guy's got to go 98, 99 yards. So it makes sense. And then the dropped interceptions. Mackenzie Alexander had one. That's okay. He played a great game anyway. And Akeem Davis-Gaither had another one. we got to get him on the jugs machine because he's had a couple this year. But you know what? It shows that he's in the right spot. So that's encouraging. At least he's not just getting torched and guys are running around. He's getting in there and having a chance for interceptions. Once he starts converting them, we're going to start seeing some big plays and some highlight reels from him. Okay, on to the best part of the game, the special teams. Brandon Wilson, just as advertised, 103-yard play, longest play in Bengals history. Who's the first guys to go greet him? Boyd and Bates. Those guys have become the leaders on the team. They're not even on the field for this play, and they're the first ones out congratulating Brandon Wilson. And what I really liked about that play, aside from Wilson's incredible skill, another Pro Bowl year for you, my man, was the blocking. Khalid Kareem had the big block. They highlighted Gaither and Logan Wilson on the TV broadcast, but when I rewatched it, it was the Kareem block that sprung him. So let's think about this. Our third round pick, our fourth round pick, and our fifth round pick were instrumental in that touchdown. So those guys are taking special teams seriously, and I like that. It's not just like, oh, I'm not starting on defense, you know, who cares? They're hustling all the time, making plays like that. And a strong special teams unit is going to win you games, and it almost won this game for us. And then another special teams pro bowler, Clark Harris. I mean, 10 years of perfect snaps. And think about the the two times we've done this with Sean Williams. By the way, it's fun to see Sean Williams get some action and run the ball. He's not getting a lot of play on defense, so I'm glad he's, he's contributing in that way. But Clark Harris, so you have the muscle memory when you're snapping back to the punter or to the holder. You know, there's a certain amount of yards, and, it, and you do that over and over and over again, so the muscle memory is there. But think about what he did here. That diagonal snap... Not just being able to snap it there, but to snap it to him on the run. Really phenomenal play out of a really phenomenal long snapper, but that's the way to do it. 
you know, you lead the guy and give him a chance to get some yards, and Sean Williams just delivered again. And Kevin Huber punted well, too. You know, he might not make the Pro Bowl because there's a lot of guys that have big net yardage, but, man, he's playing well. He's keeping us in games with these punts. He had a bunch of punts inside the 20, a couple inside the 10. You know, when your punter punts and it lands inside the 10 and bounces straight up in the air, that's an outstanding punt. He did that a couple times this game. Randy Bullock bounced back. You know, it's a love-hate relationship with the Cincinnati fans. He had a down game last week, but he bounced back and had a good game this week. All his kickoffs were good. He hit the field goal, no problem on extra points. So it was nice to see him snap back. He's going to be here for the rest of this year and possibly even next year. So let's stay on stay on his team, stay in his camp, because he can be very good when he's on, and he hasn't been off that much. And it was nice to see Alex Erickson get a big punt return, too, at a key moment. So that's that's a clutch play. And he would have broke it. The punter just grabbed his arm and it enabled another guy to catch up to him. And that's a lesson to be learned for all punters and kickers. You might not be the guy making the tackle, but if you slow that guy down or make his momentum change, it'll enable another defender to come up and make the tackle. And that's exactly what happened to Erickson. Because if that punter didn't do his job like that, Erickson was gone for a touchdown. All right, so that'll do it for the game review. You know, again, it was a fun game to watch. We have five more games to enjoy, win or lose. You know, you win... It's exciting. You lose. You're one step closer to that high draft pick and that generational tackle. So let's just have some fun with this. Let's have the rookies grow and get more NFL experience so they're ready to pop out of the gate next year. Let's see a few of the backups that we never see play get some action just to see if they can handle the game on this level. And let's hope that our stars and our starters all stay healthy. And then on to next year and beyond. We're going to be a good team. You know, it's a shame that here we are, the beginning of December and out of it, but that's okay. The future is very bright for us. And like I said, let's just have some fun watching these games. Because before you know it, there's going to be no Bengal games. And, you know, we're going to be waiting until next September again. That'll do it for this episode. Next episode is going to be a preview of the Bengals-Dolphins game. We're going to have Big E, Ian, from DolphinsTalk.com on to talk about the Dolphins. Tom McLeavy is going to stop by for another McLeavy Minute. And Sands is going to bring his expert football knowledge as well. I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool highlights, really cool music, definitely something you guys should check out. And I'd also like to thank the Zedia Network, the network responsible for bringing you the unofficial Bengals podcast and all these great guests. You can find them at Zedia Network on Instagram or Twitter. And Zedia is just like the word media, only with a Z. Thank you for listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The unofficial Bengals podcast.